Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Today is Saturday, September 18th. 2021. Uh, September is National Suicide Prevention and Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, make sure that you are sensitive to those people who potentially will commit suicide and make sure that you honor our Hispanic heritage within this country that helped to build this country. Also, uh, America's Heroes Group Roundtable with Partner Veterans Healthcare Policy Institute, VHPI, is in the house. Uh, we have uh, panelists with us. Uh, Suzanne Gordon, who is a VHPI senior policy analyst, and her work expands over decades reporting on health care programs, workers, policy, and and she has also offered uh, and edited 21 books. I mean, I can't understand how you could offer, author and edit 21 books in your lifetime, <laughs> but she has done this. Suzanne has written two of her own books, the Battle for Veterans Health Care, and the Wounds of War. She is with her, Jasper Craven, who is the VHPI Interim Executive Director. And today's discussion is going to be focusing on the VA infrastructure and a new $18 billion, that's with a B, dollar budget plan to rebuild the VA. Hi, Suzanne, and hi, Jasper. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. Why don't you start us off, Suzanne? Well, I think the infrastructure issue is is um, really important in the VA. Um, you know, most hospitals are constantly engaging in renovations, and they spend billions and billions of dollars on it. And it's absolutely nothing. Um, you know, Congress is always sort of as, acts as though, oh, my God, if the VA needs you know, a billion here or half a billion there to re- renovate or do infrastructure repairs or add capacity or space, that that's like such a big deal. But hospitals do this routinely. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the other, I mean, in, in, in 2000, in 2020, I think uh, there was a, an article in hospitals and health networks about 10 different uh projects where hospitals were spending, you know, millions and millions into the billions on, on renovations. And I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's common sense. I mean, you need a new roof, you need, you know, you need new this and that. Um, and so it's good that, that in this infrastructure package, that there's money for the VA. Um, it's not enough. The VA needs probably 80 billion, um, but it's getting, what is it, Jasper, 18. And um, so I think this is a first step, but it needs to be followed by many other steps. Oh, yes, yes. And maybe Jasper can can add some insight into this. Yeah, sure. Well, um, I mean, yeah, if you you look at the, you know, if if you compare infrastructure uh, between the private sector and the VA, um, you know, just the, the sort of, processes that the VA has to go through to get money are just so much 
more cumbersome and difficult. I mean, the VA has also existed, uh, you know, through uh, many, many decades. And, you know, there was a real blitz in construction after World War II just because of the sheer number of vets coming home. Um, But there hasn't really been the requisite uh, sort of building, expanding, uh, revitalizing since then. I mean, you know, a a sort of shocking number in all of this is that uh, 70% of VA facilities are at least 50 years old, and many of them, you know, have not seen a serious um, renovation in in decades. Um, And so, you know, this is sort of a a, a crucial uh, promise that we have made to uh, veterans is, is delivery of, of high quality health care and the VA is meeting that promise but it needs to be uh, effectively funded it needs to have the requisite facilities um, to do this seamlessly yes and that's just really um, it's, it sounds like it's really uh, it needs to be planned correctly because there, there are many uh, planning processes that the government always uses you know they're you know, for at least four different major uh, platforms that they use. So how do, you know, how do we um, arrive at this? You know, if we were talking about something like Homeland Security, right, we would be talking about, you know, the whole community engagement and planning. So do veterans have a, a voice in this process, or how, how do vo- uh, ver- veterans get involved in this whole uh, planning process? Because in order for them to uh, build the correct thing, they need to know what the veterans' needs are. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm not really sure how to answer that. I mean, I think sometimes the VSOs have veteran service organizations is certainly in their independent budget have, um, for the VA have, have talked incessantly about the need to, to do infrastructure repairs. I mean, I just think that there's a really disturbing tendency in Congress, you know, and, Quite frankly, it's beginning to really irritate me where everybody is, you know, oh, we love our veterans. Oh, thank you for your service. But then, you know, you have these facilities that haven't been renovated in decades. And then you have new facilities that are built like the Denver VA. And everybody goes on and on because it's, oh, it was over budget. Well, you know, most renovation projects are over budget. I mean, I don't know if you've ever renovated your kitchen or your bathroom, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, the last time I did mine, you know, they said it would cost X and then, you know, they demolished it and then it, oh, they realized, oh my God, look what, look what's been done over the past decades. This was an old house and it was, you know, a third over budget. And, um, you know, it cost, it costs millions, if not sometimes several billion, to rent to to build a hospital. Right. So the fact that you know the Denver VA would cost a lot of money, it's like what else is new? And they just act like you know this is the most extraordinary thing that ever happened, and this is you know poor planning. And will you you know they kept adding things they wanted. It, it's it's just you know I, I keep going back to your kitchen you know you you know you start out and you think oh you know i need these 10 things and then suddenly you realize oh my god you know i actually need those five things and those five things mm-hmm. this happens all the time and i mean i'm sure maybe there were ways that things could have been facilitated but 
um, they th- there's no comparison when they talk about VA infrastructure and so forth with the private sector. And we did a you know an article on this for VHPI where we looked at you know the cost of hospital construction and hospitals just routinely. I mean, it, it, you know, we were looked up. There was one article that said 18 percent of the projects that were going on at that particular moment in time were delayed and over budget. So, I mean, I just think that if you really want to respect the veterans and staff who work with veterans, you have to renovate and, and do, you know, the, the, the usual maintenance um, that is always done that, that any homeowner, you know, responsible homeowner would do. And, you know, we saw in West Haven uh, a couple of years ago, I believe, you know, there was a some, a, a, I, I think they were working on a heating system and, and it exploded and killed two workers. I mean, you can't have that going on. Um, so, so I think people just need to get over this idea that it's too much, it's too costly. What's costly is not, having enough, uh, not having things repaired and people getting killed or injured. And the other thing that's costly is, um, you know, when veterans don't have, there aren't enough exam rooms, et cetera, et cetera, and then veterans have to be sent to the private sector, which is like often, you know, four to seven times more costly. That's right, yeah. And and does this plan include things like VA homes and, and that kind of thing? You know, we, you know, I was asking that because, you know, we had these different things where Legionnaire's disease was a big problem, and we had lost some veterans uh, due to that um, uh, that disease. And I'm not sure if, there, if that's included in that kind of planning. Well, you know, the state veterans' homes are run by the states, as you know, mm-hmm. and it's really tragic that people think that, you know, North Carolina and Massachusetts and so forth, where there were scandals in the state homes, was the national VA. I mean, the national VA does give some money, but it and and it does collect certain data, but it does not run those homes. And if you want to deal with the state homes, that's a completely different thing. Now there are nursing homes, community living centers, they're called in the VA, and of course. You know, infrastructure projects and infrastructure money that goes to the depart- federal Department of Veterans Affairs would go to, to to some of that. You know, well, you know, with VHPI, you know, uh, Suzanne and Jasper, uh, I'm not sure if who wants to answer this question, but um, you know, what are some of the data points, or what are some of the things that you feel are important to track? You know, from the policy perspective, uh, as this unfolds, as things are, are moving forward. Um, is there something that we need to be alerted about or, you know, is it, how, how does the uh, VHPI uh, sort of get involved in this whole issue? Yeah, well, I mean, the details, yeah, the, the details of the uh, $18 billion have yet to be released. I mean, mm-hmm. early estimates uh, suggest that a few dozen hospitals um, and other VA facilities will receive, you know, significant funding to complete needed projects. Um, but as Suzanne made quite clear, you know, this will sort of uh, address some of the needs on the wish list. But the VA is is really in need of a serious infusion of funds more than than this bill um, 
allows for. And so, you know, what we are doing at VHPI is very closely monitoring uh, this policy. We're speaking to lawmakers. We're pushing, um, you know, specific projects based on what we're hearing from people on the ground. But, you know, I think really the, the main concern here is that the Build Back Better uh, agenda that President Biden has put forward threatens to be undermined by this impending commission uh, that was established in the Trump administration that will basically assess the VA's infrastructure footprint and make binding recommendations on on how the department should move forward. Now, if this commission is staffed up with experts who believe in the VA and want it to succeed in the future, that could actually really create some fantastic new models for ensuring that infrastructure needs don't fall behind. Um, But, you know, this will be a bipartisan commission, and we've already, you know, sort of heard uh, about some hijinks going on on the right to, uh, you know, turn this into sort of a privatizing body that actually shuts down critical infrastructure, really takes a very short-sighted approach to the department's future. So, you know, that's we've been keeping a very close eye on that commission, and uh, it hasn't been established yet. Names were supposed to be released a couple months ago for the commission, um, but that's being held up. And so we're really trying to uh, to just follow that and, and ensure that, that it doesn't undermine, you know, some of the good work being done to, to put money into the VA right now. Well, I think, I think that's really yeah. critical, you know, because you need, we need to know those names as veterans because those are the people we vote for to represent us. And we need to know some of those names to make sure they're doing the right thing on behalf of veterans. Uh, but I, I didn't mean to cut you off, uh, Suzanne. No, no, and I can completely agree with you. I mean, tragically, I think <clears throat> veterans are, you know, because they're not one-issue voters, and I think they vote, you know, I, you know, I think many of them are quite conservative and vote poorly for their self-interest, you know. Um, I mean, they vote for Republicans who, and some Democrats who, you know, basically talk a good game and then, you know, say, oh, it's too expensive, you know. I mean, I was listening to a, a House Veterans Affairs Committee hearing where Mike Bost, who, isn't he from Illinois, Mike Bost? I can't remember. I think he's from Illinois. He's the ranking member of the House Veterans Affairs Committee, and he... He was talking about, oh, you know, we just can't throw money at these problems, and we just have to really be careful about how we're spending on our money. Well, he's throwing all this money at the private sector without, you know, having any information about the quality and timeliness of these, uh, of, of the quality of care that the that the veterans are getting. And I think that, you know, one of the things that Jasper and I have found is that they're already, that the asset and infrastructure com- Review Commission hasn't even been appointed, much less met, and they're already shutting down facilities. They shut down a a community-based outpatient clinic in Troy, New York, you know, saying, oh, these veterans can go to Albany. Well, there are a lot of veterans who are older, have poor transportation. They actually can't go to Albany. I mean, they want to close 16 beds in in Minneapolis in a in a hospital unit and well that means you know those patients where are those patients going to go 
they're going to go to the private sector. So I think what's really disturbing and, and is a little bit of preview of coming attractions is you know, these are internal VA decisions that, you know, the VA is, is, is going to uh, try to shut down a lot of uh, programs, a lot of facilities. You know, there's over 1,200 sites of care that are in the VA that, that could be consolidated, repurposed, shut down, or expanded. Nobody, when they decided to close down the Troy uh, community-based outpatient clinic, seems to have considered how they could have increased utilization by bringing in veterans with bad papers or veterans whose incomes are quote-unquote too high, which means they're not impoverished, you know, yeah. uh, et cetera. And we at BHPI feel that America can't afford to lose a single functioning health care facility, you know, if you could renovate it and get it up to speed, and it needs a lot more. Uh, and certainly... If you want to really help veterans, I mean, there's 3.5 million veterans who've been post-9-11 veterans who are impacted by burn pits. Now, obviously, some of them are already patients, but if you want to add those patients to the mix, you better have, you know, exam rooms and... Yeah, I was going to actually. That's the point I was going to bring up because um, you know it was interesting what you were saying that you know that the, you know the people who are voting in this and these committees and commissions, you know, uh, when it comes to the private sector or you know uh, people who are uh, their supporters, uh, you know, campaign supporters, uh, contributors, uh, there seems to be no uh, problem with the purse strings. But uh, when it comes to taking care of the veterans who defended the nation and people returning from Afghanistan. And people, like you were saying, who were in the burn pits, it, it, we didn't start seeing all of the repercussions of the Vietnam veterans, right, uh, Agent Orange exposure until later. There's a, there's a latency yes, period exactly. before you see things. And, you know, as a physician, I'm very f familiar with that, you know, that we're, we're just starting to see the tip of the iceberg of, uh, of what uh, people are actually facing from the healthcare perspective. So in order, by cutting back on things, at a point where you have people returning from Afghanistan who have been exposed to all these different things, and you also have veterans who are still here who are, you know, from earlier phases uh, of the longest war we've ever fought in this nation, uh, there has to be more uh, repercussions for us and, uh, and the family members of those service members as well. So we really need to, uh, you know, expand um, the services, and we need to be putting things into a VA system that is viable and not to privatize things where we know that if you go into the private sector, the docs don't understand what's happening many times. Um, and and there, there's a loss of connectedness, um, uh, you know, with our veteran population. So, um, you know, I applaud you for what you're doing. Uh, but, you know, so, so what, what, what do you think is the vision of what would you like to see, you know, uh, uh, happening. Well, well, can I just add one thing to what you said, Damon? Okay. Because mm -hmm. um, I think it's extremely important. Is that con the Congress is always saying, well, you know, there's a declining veteran population, mm -hmm. and so that means we won't need to spend as much money. But if you, but as you know, as a doctor, you know, um, it's not that the 
the number of patients, it's the complexity of patients. So if you have 100 patients and they have one problem, you need a lot less money, a lot less staff, a lot less attention. If you have 50 patients and they have 16 problems, you need a lot more staff and a lot, you know, a lot more attention and a lot more money. And I think that's what you're pointing to. You know, these veterans are the the post 9-11 veterans, yes, they're fewer, but they have often, you know, 16, 20 presenting problems. Right, um, right. Yes. And, yeah. and, and those problems get worse as added to them are the normal problems of aging. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, you know, so we're running out of time. I want you to give the VHPI and Suzanne and Jasper, every time we talk on this radio, I say we don't have enough time to speak. Uh, so we're going to have to do something about this. Uh, we need to have a longer segment for the two of you because these, these are really critical issues. And I'm, I really applaud what VHPI is doing on behalf of veterans. So give us something where people can go, uh, they can find out more about what's going on, and then uh, I'll have to, you know, get, get into the next segment. Jasper? Yeah, sure. So um, you can read all of our work at www.veteranspolicy.org. Um, right on the front page will be our most recent work, and there's a couple of tabs to see, you know, other policy papers, op-eds, journalism, that sort of stuff. Folks are also encouraged to uh, subscribe to our newsletter, which comes out every week or so, uh, which includes analysis about pressing issues and, um, you know, previews of work that we're engaged in. Um, and uh, we're going to start getting into doing some more Zoom forums soon. We took a bit of a break in August because a lot of folks were on vacation. But uh, if folks uh, subscribe to our newsletter, they'll get alerts about that as well. We won't Great. spam people, we promise, but it's a good way to stay in touch. Well, th- thank you, partner of VHPI. We, uh, Suzanne and Jasper, as usual, you're doing a phenomenal job for us. So- thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.